Welcome back to the PeaceWorks Podcast, everyone. Hey, I recently had a conversation with Yvonne Cole. Yvonne is a vice president at Focus Ministries, which is a great friend of PeaceWorks and a ministry that I highly recommend to you, especially if you're wanting to learn about starting support groups or learning about advocacy or if you need help as a victim. They're also redoing their uh, teen focus material, their manual, and that's what Yvonne and I are talking about today. So I wanted to give you a heads up before we jump into the podcast that this will be a conversation. This will actually be part one. We'll have part two next week, uh, and uh, I'll be giving you some more information at the end of the podcast about some ways that you can uh, participate and help out Focus Ministries. All right. Thanks again for joining us. Let's jump into today's content. Welcome to the PeaceWorks Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Moles. I'm a pastor and biblical counselor who helps churches and families confront the evil of domestic violence and promote healthy, God-honoring relationships. Welcome back to the PeaceWorks Podcast, everyone. I am thrilled that you're here with us and also excited to introduce you to a guest today. Our guest on the PeaceWorks Podcast is Yvonne Cole. Now, Yvonne is serving as a vice president at Focus Ministries. Some of you guys are aware of Focus. I've talked about Focus on the podcast before. I have a friendship with Paula Silva and just admire the work that Focus has been doing to educate the church and to serve victims. And today we're going to be talking about a subject that I know some about. I'm excited to to hear more and to learn more about, but we're going to talk about the subject of teen dating violence. This is a a very important topic because as you know, listener, uh, I I think the estimates are pretty high of the number of young ladies in particular who are being stalked or who are being threatened in dating relationships and even new phenomena like breakup violence that we're learning about uh, that a lot of the young ladies in our churches are experiencing. So uh, let's uh, be prepared to learn and welcome Yvonne Cole to the PeaceWorks podcast. Thanks for joining us. Thank you, Chris, for having me. Hey, would you tell us a little bit more about your role at Focus and some of the things that you do in the advocacy world? The advocacy world, I myself am a survivor of domestic violence, hence working with the domestic violence ministry. And yes, uh, Paula Silva, she is our president and she spearheaded this wonderful ministry for millions and millions of years, (laughs) as you know, as you said. So some of the things that Focus Ministries does, and this is one of the, one of the, the babies of Focus Ministries is the Team Focus program. So Team Focus Ministries, uh, we, we really want to get to the hearts of these young women and men, because some mm-hmm. have to face it. Some of the yep. boys are going through dating violence too. And, and we really want to work on prevention. That's key. Prevention is key. Now, once the horse is out of the barn, right, once they've already got into these relationships, it's, it's a hard thing to, to stop. Yeah. So we have to work on prevention, but we also have to work on while they're in the relationship. And then we also know, as you as you've said, Focus Ministries has many ministries, mm-hmm. uh, pastors, wives, support groups. We have we have support groups in different states. 
We also talk to uh, women about starting a support group, faith-based. Mm -hmm. So you're not just having a support group, but you're having a faith-based support group, right? And then the key thing, Chris, would be education. Right. We, we say we all know about domestic violence, but unless you've been in it, unless you've experienced it, mm -hmm. unless you've counseled like Paula does mm -hmm. many women, and, and met them where their hearts are and what they're really going through in this tragedy, you really don't know about domestic violence. I'm gonna venture to say that. Yeah. And you're on the other side of that, but you're taking care of the batterers. <laughs> Thank you for that. But I did wanna start with the scripture, Proverbs mm -hmm. eleven five. The Lord examines both the righteous and the wicked, and he hates those who love violence. Mm. Absolutely true. I think that's a great reminder for all of he us. I know for me, for me, that's we, a verse. We're going to run with this, Chris. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I was going to say that's a verse that I've used quite a bit in batterer work, just to remind the guys that I work with that they're not only standing in opposition to their partner, they're also standing opposed to God in direct observation, uh, uh, direct opposites to his will and uh, what he wants to accomplish in their lives. That's correct. And even though some men know this. Mm -hmm. They're Christians, right? They know this. We do know domestic violence is all about power and control. Right. And it must be exerted mm -hmm. at any cost. Right. So let's, let's go into this teen dating violence with right. the definition. Sure. So teen dating violence is referring to just like regular domestic violence. It's a pattern. And it's of actual and perceived. So it's not something that you just physically feel, mm -hmm. you can perceive a threat and it can be vitally, vitally frightening. So we also, we also know that it's about the physical violence, but it's also stalking, mm -hmm. cyberbullying, rape. A lot of people don't want to call it that. Right. They call it sexual abuse. But when she says no, it, it means no. Right. But Chris, when we think about this and we're in a relationship with someone that we like, and then our feelings get involved and our emotions get involved, what follows? In some cases, the physical aspect, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. And that's where we make a lot of mistakes. That, that right there, as the Bible says, the body is the Lord's, right? right. So <laughs> you're laughing, but it's true, right? It is true. And I find too, when we're talking with, with men, and I assume this would be with young men as, as well, listeners, um, when we think about physical violence in particular, and really emotional and relational, each of these are direct violation of the image of God imprinted on that person. And so uh, these are good reminders, theologically speaking, when we're working with not just young ladies, but young men. Mm hmm. Absolutely. And I used to think, Chris, that, well, if the young lady didn't allow this to happen, mm -hmm. then he couldn't do it. Mm -hmm. That's what I used to think, mm -hmm. <laughs> right? right? But look at this. Think about this. Think about this. You're involved. Your your heart is there already. Right. You know, and, and most times when women, you ask them why they don't leave, they say, because I love him. Exactly. And, and we don't really even know what love is, but <laughs> we go by that. Mm. So continue on with that definition. It's, it's I, the, you know, years ago that cyberbullying it, it was not in effect. Right. 
right? You could call me on the phone right. and it would have a cord to it, right? Mm -hmm. You know, remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and so I can hang up on you. But in that case, now when you, when you text me with that phone that you gave me, you bought me because right. I thought you were being nice, mm -hmm. but you did it because you wanted to track me. You want exactly. to find out where I was, who I was with, who I'm texting, how far away I am from you. Mm -hmm. Exactly. It, it doesn't mean that you're doing it because you're nice. There's a reason behind that, mm -hmm. right? And so it extends beyond that. And, and just like domestic violence, it can extend into different forms. And as you mentioned, emotional abuse, there, there is spiritual abuse. Absolutely. Right. And then a lot of that spiritual verbiage we take, well, the Bible says you should respond in this way. Right. And, and they use that against the woman. And then the woman wanting to be obedient, what happens? She believes it and she goes with it. We found this not just in adult relationships, but to our topic today, the, the numbers of youth pastors that we've encountered who are discovering uh, dating violence in their own youth groups. And the mm -hmm. surprising number when confronting it are actually hearing some of these spiritual abuse behaviors coming from the parents who are then oh, reinforcing what the teens are experiencing. Coming from the parent, that's mm -hmm. the other thing. So you take Adam, who's been brought up in an abusive home. Mm -hmm. What's Adam going to do? Mm -hmm. exactly. But he, he doesn't have to. Right. It's a choice. Right. But if he's seen that coming up all these years. Then it's an easier but, choice. But it's still mm -hmm. a choice, mm -hmm. right? And just like domestic violence, there's no gender specificity to it. Mm -hmm. No ethnicity social economics you don't have to be poor to date someone who who is going to abuse you none of that has to have happened right but chris we do know we do know this a lot of times they do see it at home not only that the media mm -hmm. right so right. oh i saw it on tv and he looked cool or she looked cool or you know they did this which means this person should respond in this way if you don't get this from home and now you're an adult or a teen adult, as they mm -hmm. say, yeah. right? What happens? You still perpetrate it. I think that's a valid point too, that we need to think about guys as we're listening in the, the effect of media and where we're getting our cues and, and grant that I think responsibility is a big part of that. And, I would never be one to, to say, oh, you shouldn't listen to that type of music or watch those type of movies. But I think we do need to understand the influence that, say, certain music artists and their lifestyle has, certain athletes and their lifestyle have um, on young people, in particular those who don't have a solid influence at home. Correct. Absolutely. Absolutely. And what are we doing most of the time? We're either watching a video Right. We're, we're online doing something. But if our mind goes to that, what's being shown in front of us, we want to perpetrate it. Here's some signs. Mm -hmm. uh, if, if, you're a, if, you're, if you're a mom listening to this podcast or even an older sister or brother, your sister or brother could be experiencing depression, anxiety, their grades that once could have been really good. Mm -hmm. Once they start dating Adam, 
I don't know. I don't know, Chris. Should we use Adam? Adam's fine. Yeah, Adam's fine. <laughs> well, once they start, our apologies they... <laughs> to all the Adams listening in. Our apologies, sorry, Adam. <laughs> once, once your daughter starts dating Adam, and you know she's usually happy and chipper mm-hmm. in the morning when you see her. She's running down the stairs. You know, this is before Adam. She's running down the stairs. She's happy to go to school prepared. And then, say, next month, she's slouching down the stairs. You know, her hair is not done. You know, she's not smiling. She's just dragging through this day. She's really trying to tell you something. Mm-hmm. And, and parents, we really need to pay attention to that. And right? many, many of us parents will, and this is something that I see quite a bit, will throw it to you and see if you see this as well, will really want to find any other contributor to a child's depression, anxiety, then relationships. And uh, what we'll see is misdiagnoses. We see this in adult victims, but we also see this in teen victims who are misdiagnosed with things like clinical depression, um, Mm -hmm. anxiety, panic disorders, when in reality they're experiencing trauma and uh, mimicking those and uh, actually having them, but the cause is different, right? The contributor is different. And we don't think about that as parents because we're so busy with our lives and, you know, running back and forth with our issues. Right. So this is a key thing that that focus wants to focus on, and that's the prevention aspect Mm -hmm. of it. Pay close attention. What about when your daughter who, you know, starts wearing those long sleeve blouses in the summertime? Mm -hmm. Or she's in the washroom and, and you're like, come on, ready, get ready for school. We got to go. We have to go. And she's like, okay, mom. Okay, mom. But she's in there cutting herself. Mm. Yeah. You don't know what's going on behind these doors when they close the doors. She could be journaling in her bedroom that this person she really likes has already taken advantage of her. Mm-hmm. We really need to pay attention as parents and older siblings. Uh, also, and, and as you said, the outcome of some of these could be anorexia, could be bulimia. It, it, all of these things come out, as I like to say, sideways. So if they're not hit head on because someone is paying close attention, what's going to happen? They're going to continue going. They're going to exacerbate. They're going to get worse and worse as this couple stays together. Yeah. So as parents in the prevention stage, we want you to not just pay close attention to your child, but talk to her, talk to him. You know, teenagers blow us off. I'm good. <laughs> I'm fine. Yeah. They give you those one word answers. Yeah. But there's a reason for that too. So find a way to communicate with your child. You could, you could have stopped some of this. And I'm not putting the focus primarily on the parent, but the parent is the one that the child or teen has contact with the most. Sure. Also in schools. Yeah. So when, when Mrs. Witherspoon sees Adam in school and he sees Adam has a new girlfriend, Sally, and now Sally is waiting outside the classroom door because Adam told her she better be. Better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> or she might be holding the phone underneath her, her desk and, pe- and thinking that no one's paying attention and she's texting Adam because Adam told her she better mm-hmm. with the phone he bought her. Right. So there's many different things that are happening that's going on with these teens. And they do shut us out. If we think back, did we shut our parents out when, <laughs> when we were teens? Oh, yeah. 
<laughs> we didn't want them to know what was going on in our lives. But one of these reasons is because we're ashamed. Right. And that's even behind an adult person experiencing domestic violence. Mm -hmm. Ashamed, right? Yep. And the most thing, Chris, I see is fear. Mm -hmm. So here's some things that you can ask your teen. Okay. Does he tape record your phone conversations with that phone he bought you? Yeah. And it's paying your phone bill on, right? <laughs> right? You're thinking he's nice. What about, and, it, and I saw this when I was in school. What if he gave you this certain look from across the room? Mm. You know what that look means. All he has to do is look your way. And your insides turn to jelly. You're afraid. What if he belittles the fact that you made valedictorian of your class? Hmm. Why is he doing that? There's a reason he's doing that. Why does he isolate you from your friends and family and tell you, oh, you know, I really just want you all to myself. You know, we have such fun together. Why do you need to go and study with your friends? Right. And I'm using he because right. most, most, you understand that. Yeah. So then what about intimidation? The intimidation that, that he might, he might say to you something, something like, you don't have to go to work today. I don't want you to go to work today. I need you to help me study to pass this test. And if you don't, you're not going to work anyway. I'm going to make sure that you know. So you go outside to get in your car and it tires a slash. Mm -hmm. Any of that. Does he tell you he loves you so much that if you leave him, he's going to kill himself and then goes and, and then climbs to the top of his house mm -hmm. with his phone in video mm -hmm. to show you he's going to jump off the roof, right? So those are some things that actually have happened, mm -hmm. literally have happened. And because she loves him, I'll go back to that, she may not have had that parenting in the background, right? And now she has no friends. He's isolated her. Who can she go talk to? Mm -hmm. And in, in high school, you know, we always want to hang out with our friends. But if you don't have any friends, all you have is him. Right. And he, and he tells you, nobody loves you anymore. What are you talking about? You don't have friends. I, she, I just saw Kylie over there say she doesn't like you. So he's lying to you behind your back and Kylie's your best friend. Right. I found out that, and this is from hindsight, because of course I've gone through it, so I can talk about it, right? Let's look at some, some things that the victim, you can, how you can tell a victim mm -hmm. is. Yeah. So say that she was taught early on in her life we go to church and we do what dad says mm -hmm. regardless it's what dad says right so she's taught that throughout her entire life and so what does she do when she goes into a relationship the male is the head right he's he's first you do what he says and then if he comes to you and says well it's your fault i hit you 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 made me mad you yeah. did that and she accepts it and she says i'm so sorry I, I i'm sorry i didn't mean to and then she tells her girlfriend the one that she used to have mm -hmm. 
how much she loves him and maybe she can do better. Maybe I can, you know, dress differently or maybe I shouldn't have said that. Right. You know, it's, it's really sad. I hear your voice going down. You're listening to all of this and you're like, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, you're on the other end of this. So you're yeah. speaking with the batterers, but you're also now speaking to someone who's well, That's gone. the thing about, that's the thing about working with men is the, the same set of excuses, rationales, and justifications keep coming back up because they tend to work. And I, I usually tell my guys this, that battering abuse is a learned behavior. We either learn it from observation or it's learned through trial and error. And it, it isn't an unnatural, I don't think it's unnatural. I think it's very natural for a teenage boy to mm -hmm. test those waters I'm not mm -hmm. saying it's normal or right. I think it should be corrected. But I think what sin does is it tempts us to test those waters of uh, coercion. And if it works, if it gets them what they want, right? And we know James 4 says we do what we do because we want what we want. What causes fights and quarrels? It's our desires that work within us. So if it works, I'll do it again. And so what is sad to me is the desperate and um, predictable trap that young men will fall into of those same justifications, rationalizations, minimizations that tempt them and entice them into continued abuse, if that makes sense. And I think for many young men, it begins either by observing that in their own life somewhere or by trial and error, their selfishness mm -hmm. and entitlements drawing them to get what they want. And uh, other people go by the wayside. That's so true. And then once they get what they want, they continue it. Exactly. <laughs> because it gets them what they want. But then on the other side of that is the victim mm -hmm. who codependently falls right into the trap, right? Right. And perpetuates the issue. We think we can fix him. Mm -hmm. We think, okay, he's just having a bad day. And we give him excuses for shouting at us, for putting, oh, but he just, he just, he just touched me. He didn't really, or, you know, he just tapped me. He didn't punch me. Right. You know, that that's not abuse, is it? And sadly enough, some of these girls don't even recognize it as abuse. Well, and when you're a young person too, we're expecting, and I, I teach this quite a bit when I'm talking about the impact on children witnessing domestic violence, we're asking a young person to, uh, understand and comprehend things outside of their personal experience. And so if a young lady, for instance, one has lived in a home with domestic abuse, that behavior mm -hmm. might be normalized. And number two, if she hasn't, it may be confusing and confusion actually works to the benefit of the batterer. And so it is, it's a hard truth that I think the, it's good for the listeners to hear. It's a hard truth that a young lady in a situation like this is experiencing and probably being trapped in both the realities of her own love and affection and the manipulation of this individual and the life experience isn't there to navigate it. If it's hard for an adult woman, then how much difficult is it going to be for a teenage victim? Correct. And, and think of that, like you just said, a teenage victim. So she's accustomed to this behavior. Mm -hmm. She's, in, in some cases, like you said, she's grown up in it. Mm -hmm. it's, it's become the norm. So, and this sounds counterproductive, but it becoming the norm means that, okay, this is the way life is. Right. 
and it really isn't. So now she has nothing to gauge how life really should be. Nothing. <laughs> so, so as I did, you begin to date the relationship that you lived in. <laughs> you gravitate towards it, not even knowing you're gravitating towards it. Right. Right. I'll just do a few more. Okay, we're good. This. Okay, so let's <clears throat> think about the victim. She doesn't know that she's not being treated right. So if she doesn't know she's not being treated right, she can't confront that. And let's say she does stand up inside, say her, her Holy Spirit, her spirit inside, mm -hmm. she stands up and she says, this isn't the way I want to be treated. What? What happens? He comes at her and backs her back down with that fear. Yeah. You know, and so now she's like, uh, did I, was I, and just confused, mm -hmm. totally confused. And then if you don't know how to relate to you, if you don't know who you are on the inside, if you don't create your own boundaries, mm -hmm. what's going to happen? That person's going to run your life. We'll pick up our conversation with Yvonne Cole next week. We'll continue with part two. But I wanted to stop for just a second, give you some information about Focus Ministries, uh, let you know um, that they are beginning their beta testing of their teen dating violence manual. Uh, we're going to talk more about that in the next podcast, but I wanted to give you a heads up so that you can go over to Focus Ministries, the number one dot O-R-G and reach out to them if you would like to be part of that beta testing. If you're a Sunday school teacher, small group leader, youth leader, uh, teacher, parent, and you would like to uh, consider bringing teen focus to your church or your youth group, uh, getting that material and getting trained in that material as a beta tester, um, be sure to reach out to Focus and let them know. Also, be sure to check out our episode next week as we wrap up our conversation with Yvonne Cole. Thanks again for listening. God bless.